that there would be promotions and this weight of, of just finances would be taken off our shoulders as we remain faithful to you in this area, dear God. We pray for blessings to be poured out and that your church would be blessed, dear God, to be a blessing, Lord, all around this world. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. Amen. So if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Acts 9, the title of today's message is called Get Back Up. Everybody say, Get Back Up. Amen. So before we get to the main passage, I want to talk to you a little bit about Paul. And so in Acts 9, Paul was not one of the original, the 12 disciples. All right. He came afterwards and he wasn't such a good guy. Um, his name was actually Saul, and in Acts 9-1, it, it shares about Saul's conversion and how he actually came to meet the Lord. So I'm just going to read this real quick. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So it says, Meanwhile, what just happened is one of the, the other disciples uh, got stoned to death, and Saul was okay with it. He was kind of one of the guys stirring everybody up and stirring up the Jewish people to commit these acts against the Christians. And so that's why it says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way is another um, that they called Christians, so they called him the way. If anyone that belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So he wanted to take them captive. He wanted to, to uh, take them to prison. It says, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed on him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He says, who are you, Lord? So Lord is another way of saying master or boss. And he, Saul asked, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. It says Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. Somebody say encounter. Get an encounter with the Lord. Some of our family members need some of this encounter, right? <laughs> Come on. Um, so he was just a terrible person, right, in our eyes, and God had mercy on him. And and he had this encounter with the king, and he was like probably this, this really tough guy who had so much authority. He had good ranking. He, he was good with the Jewish law, and he thought he was do, doing a good thing by coming in against the people of the way, but really he was persecuting God's people. And God said, no, 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 no. And God transformed his life all the way around through this encounter, and he ends up giving his life. You know, he surrenders. He understands this is God, and this is God's way. And God changes him from Saul to Paul. Amen. Somebody say Saul to Paul. And, and so this encounter was very, very powerful because God ends up using Paul in mighty ways to preach, not only to Jewish people and to silence them, you know, in their pride and the pride of knowing the law so well, but he uses him to preach to Gentiles, people who were not Jewish. And, and so 
this is a testimony in itself that if you're in this place thinking, I have been the worst of all sinners, that if God can change somebody like Saul into Paul, he can do the same to you in this room, okay? And you don't have to continue living in, in condemnation and defeat like God's still mad at me. Absolutely not. You keep moving forward in the purpose that God has for you, okay? Amen? So I want us, with that said, turn to Acts 14.8. If you guys have your Bibles. If you guys don't have your Bibles. Okay. All right. So in Acts 14.8, this is, this is um, an account that I was reading this week, and it really stuck out to me uh, because I put myself in this situation uh, where Paul is here, he's, he's preaching to these people, and he's teaching them. He's being very patient with them, and uh, just put yourself in Paul's situation here. And so this might be just another day of ministry for him, and so I just want you to see how eventful it is. So in Acts 14, 8, it says, In Lystra there, was, there sat a man crippled in his feet, who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, and he saw that he had faith to be healed, and he called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Oh, no. Somebody say, oh, no. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, they brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Uh-oh. That is wrong. Absolutely wrong. So they, they thought, hey, this man's healed. These guys are gods. See, the Greeks, they had all these gods, you know. And, and so they're thinking, like, these are the gods. They've come here to be with us. And it's like... Oh, no, like Paul knew what time it was. He knew that he needed to stop them and rebuke them. Come on. He had just had an encounter with God maybe years before, and, and he knew the power of God. And so he's saying, I'm not taking credit for that. That was not me. So let's keep reading. So they're, they're preaching to them, and he, they see an opportunity to heal somebody. And, and so they start acting up. It says, but when the apostles Paul, when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, man, why are you doing this? We too are only men. We're human like you. We're bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Amen. Somebody say, get back up. Come on, put yourself in this situation. Let's just summarize it. So Paul's here. He's preaching to a group of people. He's probably sharing about Jesus Christ uh, because the man who was listening, he had faith now because he heard uh, Paul preaching about the Christ. This man's probably like, if Christ has done all that, he can probably heal me. And that's when Paul saw he had the faith to be healed. 
And so he, he's, Paul sees the opportunity, amen, let's pray, be healed. He uses his authority. And so this is just another day of ministry, right? And, and so the people need to be corrected for their idol worship. And you can tell that this was taking quite a long time if the chief priests uh, had time to go get the bulls and they had time to go sacrifice. So Paul and Barnabas are being patient with these people, and they're correcting them, and they're saying, no, you, you need to stop. We're not the gods. This is, you know, and he begins to preach to them, this is the God who does everything for you, not those man-made idols. And so he corrects them, right? But then what happens? Come on, when you're doing something for God, the devil always wants to stick his nose in. The people come, these other Jewish people come, and they begin to persecute them. And then they get thrown out of the city. But not only that, come on, if that was us, he gets thrown out, but he gets back up and he goes back in. Now let's put ourselves in this situation. Think about the last time you told somebody about God and they rejected you. Or, or they said something. You probably think, I'm never talking to that person again. Come on, my, my hands are clean. And I don't ever have to do that anymore. But here Paul is an example to us. He gets back up. Amen? Everybody say, get back up. And how many of us in this room would just stay down? How many of us in this room would think, wow, God called me to this. God called me to preach the message of Jesus Christ, but it's just not going my way. And we would probably stay down and, and find ourselves in a situation, you know, where we let sadness or depression come in or we, what's my purpose in this life? You know, we find ourselves in these, in these uh, places where, where we just don't want to keep going. Maybe we had, you know, this idea or um, these dreams of how our life is supposed to look like. And once it doesn't go the way we planned, the way we had in our little journal or diary growing up, we want to give up and, oh, life is just not the way I thought it was going to be. But you know what? Paul, because of his encounter with God, he knew that he could keep going. Amen. He knew that he wasn't there to please these people. He wasn't there just to see the results. He was there, number one, in obedience because of his encounter with God. Amen. And so many times we have these misconceptions now, you know, and people preach this and, and it's wrong preaching when they come up and they say, you know, come to Christ, you know, your family's broken, it's going to be healed, come to Christ, you're going to, you know, your finances are just down the drain, you know, God's going to fix it, or you're living the projects, you know, I've heard this many times, especially when preaching to low-income families, we say, God's going to fix it, you know, he doesn't have to, that's not the gospel, somebody say, that's not the gospel, Come on, the gospel is believe in Jesus Christ who died for you and you will have eternal life. That's the gospel, okay? The gospel is we were damned to hell without Christ and he made a way for us. So we have these misconceptions, all right? So we're going to Sunday morning and, and we're, we're suiting up and, and we've got our little um, happy face and then things don't start going our way. And because we've been uh, deceived, maybe not intentionally, but we have been deceived to think everything's supposed to be better now. And it's not we give up. And many times the people that give up, it's because they haven't had that encounter with God. We need to have an encounter with God in this place. You know, you have to get hungry for it. You have to desire it. Don't put the people in the Bible in some fantasy land like, oh, they were able to, to do it, but not us. They were able to hear God, but not us. No, the same way that Saul had that encounter, we could have that encounter too. You know, maybe not so drastically, but, you know, we could hear his voice. 
And, and Paul, that's what he did. He knew God. He had a face-to-face encounter with him. He heard his voice, and we can have that. We are no different than these men in the Bible. And so, anyways, we, we keep going and understand that this, Paul was used to this kind of mistreatment. Uh, if you guys can turn with me to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three, 23, and, and, and here it kind of sums up all of the, the hardships that Paul went through. And we would think to ourselves, man, after just even one of those situations happening to us, we would probably give up. And, and but yet this this man continued going. And so what I'm I really want you guys to to get that is if you've fallen in any situation and in, in any circumstance in your life and you feel like you're in the pits, you you can get back up again. Amen. So Second Corinthians eleven twenty three. Here Paul is, is writing to the church in Corinthians and and He's kind of like telling them, this is all the things that I've gone through. And so he starts off, are they servants of Christ? So he's comparing himself to other people who have come into the church of Corinth, and, and they're boasting, and they're saying, we've done this and this and this. And, and Paul says, you know, they, I have a reason to boast. They don't have any reason to boast. So he says, are they servants of Christ? I am not. It says, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, and I have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I facely uh, I, I'm sorry, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Wow. Come on. We go hungry for just a couple hours and we're complaining. If we were kicked out of our home or if we didn't have a place to lay our head, we would just be undone. And, and here this man is doing it willingly. Willingly. Because of the call of God. And each and every time he's gone, he's gotten back up. And I, I use Acts 14 because it just, it just shows his heart to get back up. And, and not only his heart for God, but his heart for people to know the truth. And so in this place, and if somebody has pulled you down, if any situation has brought you down, it's time to get back up again and use this man as an example that because he knew who called him, because he knew who, who revealed himself, he was able to get back up and he was able to endure some hardships. And look at what he says here. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8, if we can turn there and we can put it on the screen, please. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And, and you know, Paul continues talking about his experience with God and, and, uh, and how he's been given this thorn in his flesh. And, and he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Come on, even though he's going through hardships, he's still talking to God and saying, come on, help me, take this from me. 
and especially the thorn in his flesh. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen? Come on, say that with me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, I am strong. Come on, there's a testimony. There is a testimony that he can, he can say, God has kept me. God has given me the strength. His grace has kept me, and that's the same for you and I. Get back up tonight. Amen? Don't allow the enemy to come destroy everything that God is trying to give you and do in your life. Paul had a reason to stay down. Come on, if we think about it in the natural. He could have said, I'm done. God left me. God did this probably to, to mess with me. You know, come on, we would start thinking those kinds of things. Maybe God is punishing me for all the people that I hurt. Wouldn't we think like that? Come on, if we were the ones that were killing the Christians and doing all that, wouldn't we think God has now brought me to all these situations because he's punishing me? That's how our brains think. But no, no, no. God forgave him from the previous things, and now he's going to use him. And through his hardships, he's going to be made strong through Christ. Amen? Paul knew God. He had that encounter with him. He heard his voice. And so when things were going downhill, that's what he can hold on to. And us in this room, when, we, when life tries to bring us down, when sicknesses and diseases and poverty try to come at us and hunger and just children who are rebellious or whatever it may be, we can hold on to God. And we can remember that he is the one who has called us. Come on, Jesus, when he walked this earth, he kept his eyes on the Father he didn't look around. He knew that he had to do what, what the Father called him to do. The disciples, they kept their eyes on, on Jesus. They had seen the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And so when they endured persecution, they knew they couldn't give up because they had seen Jesus. It's time for us in this room to see Jesus. It's time for us in the church to see Jesus. Amen? For our family members to see Jesus and stop hearing about him and just stop hearing about stories that others have. But it's time for us, his body, to encourage counter God like never before not just on a Sunday and not just on a Wednesday but every day of our lives amen we need to awaken the flesh we need to awaken our spirits to hunger up stir ourselves up you know David David said uh, praise the Lord oh my soul come on he had to tell himself, you need to praise God. You know, David had times of, of just sadness, and he didn't know where God was. And he would say, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, praise the Lord. Come on, we need to tell ourselves that when we're tired and we're sleepy and we're just allowing life to get at us, we need to command our spirit inside to praise God. Grab a hold of It's in those times of hardships that we can feel God's strength inside of us. So, you know, and even the disciples who... who walked with God. You know, Judas hung himself. And, and John was the only one that died of natural death, but all the other ones were either hung, beheaded, or crucified because they had seen Christ. 
They didn't believe in a lie. They knew that what they believed in was the truth. And because of that truth, they would give their life up. And so today in this room, what we have to do, come on, we have, we have the, you know, what, like half hour left, more than that, to encounter God, to open up your heart and say, God, I want to encounter you. He says, those who seek me will find me when they seek me with all of their heart. That's for you and I in this room. Number two, we got to keep our eyes on the call. Please turn with me to Philippians 3.13. Philippians 3.13 is, here Paul is speaking again. And he's written this letter to, to the church in Philippi. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind, and I strain towards what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's forgetting everything that was behind, and what's he looking at? He's looking at Jesus. He's looking at the goal. He's looking at the prize. He's not getting distracted with the persecution. He's not getting distracted with all the back talk and the gossip and the slander the churches are doing. Come on, he's not even getting distracted with family issues. He says he's keeping his eyes on the mark. We got to keep our eyes on that. We got to keep our eyes that at the end of this life, it's Jesus. So when you know, the distractions try to come. You're not going to get, you know, sidetracked. Why? Because your eyes are where? On Jesus. And number three, don't give up, but get back up. Tonight, if, if anything has brought you down and you maybe you're feeling like giving up or you're just not moving forward anymore or just stagnant, like you were growing and you were feeling Jesus and, and it, something happened, come on, get back up. I love what Pastor Joe says, if you've lost faith, you can get faith again, right? Romans 10, 16, 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Pick up this word. Read the word of God. Allow it to come to life and allow it to build your faith. You know, it's not enough for just your leaders to read. It's not enough for your pastors or your teachers or, you know, your professors to read it. You got to get in this. One word from God can change your life. One word from God can change your situation in an instant. Amen? If you guys can, can stand up with me, we're just going to, come on, meditate on the life of, of Paul today. And think, wow, if he's gone through so much, come on, might not even compare to the things that we think we've gone through. If he's gone through so much and yet willingly given his life to God, I can do the same thing. Who wants to just surrender it all to God tonight? Come on, just lift up your hands in this place. Come on, who's tired of just the enemy sticking his nose where it doesn't belong and, and bringing us down, trying to steal our joy and our peace and our purpose, trying to make the call of God so blurry? Come on, say, Lord, I surrender. Hallelujah. I'm just going to give you... A few minutes right now just to think about this word. To think about getting back up. Getting back up. Keep running in this race. Keep fighting the good fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Aleluia, Jesus. Aleluia, Senhor. Aleluia, Jesus.